I'm safety Malcolm Jenkins of the Philadelphia Eagles. Push back at the 30, at the 40, at the 50. Malcolm Jenkins is going 99 yards for a touchdown. And you're listening to the Eagles Live Podcast with Dave Spinero. Hello, Eagles everywhere, and welcome to the Eagles Live Podcast. Eagles insider Dave Spadaro here, and we are one step closer. As I keep saying every week, training camp just can't get here fast enough. It begins, of course, at the end of July at the Novacare Complex. The Eagles with four preseason games. I mean, the season, people, is around the corner. And with that means that the Eagles in every part of the organization have a lot going on here. And the equipment department is something that everybody sees, everybody thinks they know about. Today we're going to find out a whole lot more about the Philadelphia Eagles and their equipment operations. We are joined by the Vice President of Equipment Operations for the Philadelphia Eagles, Greg Delamitros. Welcome to the show, my man. Thanks for having me, Dave. 16 years in the NFL, huh? Yeah, long time. Long time. So, you know, and I know that a lot of people hit you on this seriously all the time. How do you get to the NFL? How, how does how does one become uh, involved in, in the operations of equipment? Well, I was very fortunate. I took the path. I was a, a student manager in high school. Then I became a, a equipment manager, student manager in college at Stony Brook University for four years. Then I became a graduate assistant at West Virginia in the football department. And I was very fortunate. So I knew somebody that got me an interview here with Andy Reid, and I was – been here ever since 16 years and you started with the eagles i mean it's a it's a multiple person department it is a, it's it's way too much for one or two people to handle there's four or five full-timers right four full-timers a seasonal intern and about 30 game day helpers amazing a lot so, of coordination involved right yeah there's a lot it's just not a one-man show everybody's got their role i got craig who's in charge of setting up for practice setting up breaking down Maintenance of helmets and shoulder pads. Ed Spotten, yep. Spotten the drills. Ed Miller. Ed Miller. Guy who's in the best shape in the organization. He's running around and he's 37 and he looks <laughs> like he's 23. You know what I mean? So, but he's spotting the ball and then, but his inside duties are, you know, packing, packing everything for the road trips. We're getting the game day locker room set up. So everybody's got a role. Pete. He's got to roll with shoes and gloves, ordering and making sure the players got what they need. So everybody's doing something. Yeah. So there, so for people who you, you may have heard Greg's voice in the background over the years here with the right hash, left hash, Riverside. Explain what Riverside means. Riverside is just changing, flipping the field. Okay. And that. so what I was told, that Riverside started – Way back when it was Pittsburgh, it was a Pittsburgh term, and it meant that it was directed toward the rivers of Pittsburgh. Is that right? Correct. Yeah, that's what I was told. Yeah. So we just we coach, just go with it. We, I just go with it. Andy told me this say Riverside, so I just Riverside, yeah. and we kept it the same. All right, I'm going to begin with a little fun here um, before we actually get into it because there's a lot involved in the equipment operations. We're going to have five questions with Greg Delamitros. Now, Greg, these are questions that I'm not going to like vouch for the validity of these. Uh, they are designed to be fun. I'm not here to make you look dumb, but hey, you may make yourself look dumb. All right, question number one. In what year did the NFL mandate that players had to wear helmets? Do you know the answer to that? You're like, he's looking at me like, what are you talking about? You're not going to know it. Do you have, give, give me a guess. When do you think they started wearing helmets? 19... I don't know. 39? 1939 is correct! Good guess. 
Nice guess. What's that? Yeah, good guess. All right, over or under? A typical NFL team will consume 1,000 pairs of shoes in a football season. Well, you go through the season. Yeah, you go over 1,000. Yeah, I, so the number that I read on this website was 2,500 pairs of shoes. Is that even close to being accurate? Like, how many pairs of shoes do guys wear? Well, Carson goes through basically two pairs a week. When the season, he wears one for practice and one for a game, and okay. he changes it out. You so know, even for so for one player there, that's like forty pairs. Of, is that including preseason, like training camp too? Training camp will stick to you know with what he's got, just salvage so a lot. One guy that's forty pairs of shoes. Yeah, some guys go through a lot. Jason Peters goes through a new pair each week. And they break, guy, they get broken down that fast. No, guys, just like a fresh pair. Oh, okay, okay. Question number three: How many footballs must a team provide for games? One number for outdoor games. And one for indoor games. All the same, 24 footballs. Oh, so what I read was 36 for outdoor games. No, it's it's 24 each team, 24 each. Okay. Among those, there are kicking game balls. How many footballs are available for the kicking game? They have six to eight. Okay, I read 12, so that's wrong. Yeah, they've changed all those rules, so... And, okay, we're going to get into that, the, the, the preparation for football, because I think that's kind of interesting. All right, stick them. Number, question number five. A substance used by receivers to help catch the football was outlawed in what year by the NFL? I'm not going to, I'm not, I'm, you're going to have to take a guess on this. I don't right? know. It was like what in the think? 80s? I don't yeah, know. 81. 1981. I, but was now born, I was born in the 80s. Yeah, so, <laughs> so <laughs> I was not. What, what I find interesting about gloves, Greg, is that, you know, and there are people, there have been a lot of stories about gloves that, they are so, I don't know, there's, there's some sort of substance on. What is on gloves? It's not just regular gloves. There's a substance that allows players to kind of enhance their grip on the football. Is there not? Yeah, it, there is. But, you know, it's, uh, it's a little technology that Nike and Under Armour have. It's, you, we call them like silicone, but they're not silicone, but they feel like it. Okay, but that does help the grip, right? Sure, of course. Do you think if players did not wear gloves that the – rate of drops would increase significantly there'd be a good chance of of okay. decreases okay greg delimitros has a master's degree from west virginia university in athletic coaching education so i wonder was there a thought that you were going to try to give coaching a shot no, no not at all <laughs> so what you why why the master's degree i got the ga ship uh, oh that's right yeah it was a ga ship i wanted sports management and they had posted the job in end of June into July, and when I interviewed for the job, the, um, their sport management program was very strict okay. by not extending the date. Okay. So I just took whatever program I could get into right away. Okay. All right. You get here with the Philadelphia Eagles. You're working for Andy Reid. Um, as an entry-level guy, Greg, what, what are the roles and responsibilities that you had? How did you work your way up to the role of vice president? Well, I was the field guy when I first got started here. So I would set up, break down practice. What does that mean? Fit, uh, set up all the stations, blow the horn at practice. Okay. What I continue to do, but now I, we have a lot more helpers out there. You know, it was a one-man show with Harold Carmichael at, at the time. I remember time. that, yeah. So it was Harold and I running practice. Harold was the spotter. Yes. And he that was, was a, his workout every day. Yeah, that was that was his way to get stay in shape. So yeah. he would go left hash, right hash. You know, we had our little signal system, and we just ran it like that for a good eight years. Okay. So so you start there, and then how about when the Eagles had games? What was your responsibility then? I would set up uh, 
the sideline, you know, getting all the trunks out, making sure the kicker's nets pregame was going, you know, spotting for drills. Okay. And then you move up, um, and then are you in a position now where you're – and this is what people have to understand about the NFL, okay? The Philadelphia Eagles have, I'm going to say, approximately 230 employees who are not players and coaches. When you get to the NFL, you have to be a doer. So the question I'm going to ask is, are you in a position where you can kind of sit back, Greg, and, and delegate to everybody? No, we, we everybody has their responsibility, but I'm still in the mix. Yeah. Like I used to do back in the day, I used to scrub the kicking balls. Okay. I don't do that anymore because I don't have the time because if Coach is looking for me or Howie or Mr. Lurie, I have to be visible. So Craig does all the K-balls and preps them the way that, you know, the league rules are. Okay. So he handles that, and I'm in the locker room. You know, presence is there. There's an issue. You know, we're just I'm, – I'm still in the mix of every, of every aspect of the operation. All right, all right let's, let's – let, 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 I want to go specifically to footballs and how they are prepared. Um, the K-ball is – I've talked to kickers over the years. The kickers are extremely – I guess David Akers was – I don't know what's the word um, – meticulous about the preparation. He, had, he was very specific – about the way he wanted his footballs done. Now, different than what, like, for example, Cody Parkey, Jake Elliott? Uh, we've kept it really consistent and what, from what exactly that day. what do you do? Like, what is the process with a football? And what football comes out of a box, and it's, it's oily? It's not the When it comes out of a box, sometimes they're nubby. Sometimes they're, the, the surface is smooth. So kickers actually want that ball to be smoothed out as far as possible because of the distance it will travel. So they have better contact. Yeah, Sean Landetta was pretty pretty consistent about it and like gave us the whole science of how a ball should be. How, how, is, how is a, how well, is a ball Well, the, the smoother, the f- there's, okay, there, there's specific ways. I can't go into details, but... Wait, wait, wait. You're telling me that we've got secrets here? That one team will do it different than another team? There's not one right way to do a football, but everybody's got their style that they like to scrub a football a certain way, use with the brush, you know, with... You, we scrub them in with the NFL guidelines that okay, they give And us. the guidelines say that you use a brush. See, this is cool for me because I don't even know this stuff. You use a brush. Do you use detergent? Like, what do no, you use? No, you can use water, warm water, but you can't soak the football, you know, to get the dye off. You got 45 minutes to get six, six K-balls ready or eight K-balls the, ready. The morning of a game. The morning of a game. So you, you're doing it in front of an official. Oh, is the that The K-ball right? official, Yes. Oh really? Yeah, you the have thought f- would be that there be, could be because people of- used to tamper with them. People, you you know, back in the day, put them in the sauna, the steam rooms, just to get that comp- competitive edge. But K balls are brought over. Wilson will ship them directly to the team ho- to the team hotel where the officials are staying. So they will be brought over the morning of the game when they come in. Okay, and they're broken out of the seal, out of the box, and you'll you'll have forty five minutes. Us say we're playing Tennessee Titans. They'll have you know their equipment represented there in the same room. In the same room, and you're prepping them together. Okay. You'll wow. do ball one, three, and six. You know one, three, five, and two, four, six will be Tennessee. And so two, four, six, those balls are on the Tennessee sideline. One, three, five are on the Eagle sideline. Correct. Yeah. Gotcha. Well, which or the better the balls because sometimes you have balls that footballs that are not that good that come out of the box and they don't turn out to be that well. And then, so let, what about the other footballs involved in the game? Is there any sort of, lack of a better term, doctoring of the footballs? The quarterback balls? Yeah. Quarterback balls, you get to break them in practice during the course of the week. You do? Yeah. That, see, you're thinking about the old rule. I'm, I'm listening, back man. Back in 
0506 where you had to bring them fresh out of box scrubbed and you couldn't you couldn't practice with them so paint manning uh i think drew Brees and uh tom brady were big advocates of getting a petition back in the day and going to the league saying that you know we have a disadvantage so they got a petition and they went through the whole process and i think it was 06 07 somewhere around there where you were allowed to practice with the, the game balls. So during the course of the week, we're watching practice at the Novacare Complex. Some of those balls are yeah. going to be used on Sundays at Lincoln Financial. Yeah, Field. Friday after practice, Carson will come over with Ed and I, you know what I mean? And he'll go through the, his top 24 footballs. Oh, that's crazy. I did not know that. Okay, so that covers the football. How about the helmet, Greg? We hear so much about the helmet and the safety of the helmet and what can be done about that. I mean, the, the technology in the 18 years you've been in the NFL – is it 18? 16. I'm sorry, 16. 16 years in the NFL. Has the technology of the helmet changed a lot? Oh, without a doubt. When I first started here, we had f- these fitted helmets, WD2s, AF2s that had like, they're just, fr- and now you have, we have our rep, he'll come out here with his uh, surface and he'll scan the player's head and they make custom helmets for them. That's Rydell. Vices has a similar app, you know, where they, well, they'll come and do a player, scan them, and they'll be able to, you know, give you a, a specific helmet for but the guy. But the league requires that you use Rydale helmets. No, you can use whoever you want. Is that right? Each it, team can use whoever wants yeah, each so player can use it. Each player, each player. There is no deal with Rydale anymore. Those those rules with the concussion lawsuits are all out. Okay. Um, the shoulder pads. We I just keep thinking Herschel Walker and the big, gigantic shoulder pads. And wider players – risking injury with shoulder pads or is it the technology of the pads that allows the pads to be so much smaller and almost fitted so that but they still offer the same protection yeah that's we customize them for all the guys we'll go you know you can use douglas you can use Rydell. we'll customize everybody is different okay you got x-tech out there they make smaller pads you can do whatever you can mess with the arches the epaulets so like what's an epaulet the shoulder cups okay you know deltoids it's all different stuff that you can customize for that. Is plan. it a, is it an equipment man's nightmare? And and please, I'm not like criticizing the the idea because I, I respect what you guys do. I think it's very important what you do. You work your butts off. When and knock on wood here, somebody gets tackled, they break a collarbone, and you go, oh my gosh, his shoulder pads weren't on tight enough. Is that is that what happens when somebody breaks their collarbone? It just depends how he lands, too, yeah. you know. So, like I see, like when Aaron Rodgers broke his collarbone, I'm thinking, gosh, the equipment guy in Green Bay must have been losing sleep because he didn't he didn't have Aaron Rodgers' shoulder pads. Yeah, I get upset. I take it personal if somebody gets hurt, but you know, it's we do our best to make sure these guys are protected. Okay, you know, so like you, you can't prevent you can't prevent any injury. I understand. I understand. Same thing like concussion. You can wear the top tier helmet. Doesn't prevent that you're gonna not get a concussion. Yeah. The, these players seem to want to wear as little hel- uh, equipment as possible. The old days, used to wear the elbow pads. You know, used to wear the big thigh pads. Correct. Used to wear, now it's on the thighs, like it's like a little sliver. Yeah, of quarter of an inch. You but gotta, you have to wear thigh You have protection. to because you can be taken out of the game. Okay. You so, don't wear anything on your knees? Knees and thighs. Knees and thighs. Okay. Everybody wears the small pads. Guys, guys think it weighs them down, you know, but. Yeah, that's all. And they're, so it's all. So they they have to wear helmets, shoulder pads, thigh pads, knee pads. Correct. And league approved shoes. We'll get into the shoes in a bit, but 
correct? That's it? Yeah, but now the shoes have been very lenient the last couple of years where they're allowing the players to express themselves and painting the cleats. and. But still, it's a Nike sh- shoe. Well, Nike, Under Armour, Adidas. Oh, I didn't know. I th- yeah. yeah. Okay, that's interesting. Now, Greg, I think what, what Eagles fans really want to hear about is um, the jersey. And the the it, it's no there's no tearaways right like you don't tear away the jersey, right? You can or can you can you can somebody rip a jersey? Yeah, Carson Wentz a couple of years ago against the Washington Redskins. Correct. And I remember talking to you about that. He had he has how many jerseys do you have for each player? Well, everybody's backed up, and we on the sideline we have a trunk that backs up everybody with at least one. Okay. After that incident, I put an extra two for Carson. <laughs> okay. Because I need what jersey. Happen, what, what would happen if a player if you went through his allotment of jerseys are you allowed to wear another number i just have to make a judgment call right there <laughs> but i do carry guys that are no longer like spare numbers okay i carry it in the trunk just you never know yeah that's nuts man all right so um what i also know about your job is that when we are for example on a road trip you guys once practice ends on friday the responsibilities include okay we got to get everything all the practice jerseys have to be Clean, laundered, get it, get folded up, put back in the lockers. Clean, everything's got to be clean. At the same time, in a road game, even on a home game, you have to pack up up to what, like fifty? How many? Fifty-three uh, bags for each player. So when home games, because we have the practice squad guys as well and IR guys come over, so everybody gets a bag. And if they're not playing, like practice squad guys, they'll pack. We'll have them pack their shoes. But Friday during practice, Pete, Peter Gould, is actually inside. He's starting the process by packing the shoulder pads, packing knees and thighs, their game gloves, anything specific they like, you know, okay. so we get the process going so we're not here all night Friday. And then after practice is done, Craig will come in. He'll start cleaning, double-checking the helmets, and we'll pack the helmets. So we try to stay ahead. One o'clock game on a Sunday. What time are you at the stadium? Seven seven thirty. What are you doing at seven seven thirty? Seven seven thirty. Well, actually, everything's set up the night before. Okay. So seven seven thirty, just double check and making sure everything's good to go. And when you say everything's set up, I know that when we land on a road trip, you guys immediately go to the stadium and set up the locker room. Yeah, we set everything up so there's no mishaps and if we're missing something or we can troubleshoot if something a player forgot something. You know. Does it happen ever? I mean, have you, do you ever have to like fly in, like rush in something from? No, no, okay. no. Okay, and then even even as far as like mouth wear, is that are, is that your responsibility too? Uh, Micah from the training room, he's uh, he double checks all that stuff on Friday night as well. So, and but they straps but, and all yeah, all that stuff's all checked before we we leave. Everything's Friday night. Early in your career, Greg, did you ever see it happen where you just somebody just for, like just forgot a pair of shoulder pads or the the equipment staff forgot to? I mean. Calamity? Like, does no. it ever happen? No, very minimal stuff. Like, mm-hmm. a player say he packed something, but he didn't pack it. You know, so the player's it, responsible for packing his own bag. Well, we pack their bag and we make it simple for them. Okay. Because I don't want any excuses on game day. Yeah, I wonder how how superstitious are players? Guys are superstitious. They have certain things they like to wear. You know, but our players aren't that. Like, when To was here, he had to have certain. You know, what did To have to have? He had to have his uh, get your popcorn ready cleats and sports. Did know, he really? Yeah, yeah. I never even. I don't think maybe I did. did I don't even remember him having popcorn ready cleats. Maybe. Oh I yeah, it was. It, yeah, they were they were Jordan cleats. But okay. guys, guys have specific needs, and 
we know what they want. They tell us in advance, and we pack it in their bag. And we want to make it a smooth transition from practice to the game. We don't want these guys to be distracted and they can just concentrate playing the game. 7.30, you're at the stadium. Let's say it's now 10 o'clock for a 1 o'clock game. What are you doing? It could be meeting with Howie about DX. It could be meeting with Coach, going out to the field, just making sure everything's set on the sideline, dealing with players if they want something. You know, I'm all over. We're all over. So. Okay. 1 o'clock, game finally starts. Is that when you go, <sighs> no, no. What are you doing during it's, the game? During the game – I'm just making sure that you know if something's broken or somebody needs something, we're 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 on it. So, and you can get you have to obviously keep the player on the field as much as you can. Um, the game is over and the media goes into the locker room. It's always a funny scene uh, on a road game. So I would say what do we have like an hour and a half? Is that kind of how long it takes to get from the from the end of the game? The whistle blows, the media goes and interviews the coaches and the players. And then we get on a bus and head to the airport. Is that about right? About an hour and a half, two hours? Well, once once everybody's in, Doug's talking to the team. We got 45 minutes to an hour to get the whole locker room cleaned up, the sideline, everything, get on the tractor trailers, get them on the airplane truck, and depending where we're going. And if, if we tractor trailer everything, we're going to put it on the tractor trailer. If we put stuff on the airplane truck, we got an hour to get, make sure everything's zipped up, ready to rock and roll, collect the laundry, pack bags. So it's a quick operation. Guys help us out. There's there's support staff that, that help us out as well, too, yeah, so we can you, get out of there. We're sitting on the plane, and you guys are packing up the plane. Everybody's going, geez, man, we, let's get out of here. Well, it's the West Coast. where yeah. It takes a little longer because yeah. like, when you're on the West Coast, you need a good hour, hour and a half. you got to load everything onto the plane because you're not going to track the trailer. It. And then you get back to the, back to Philadelphia. We bust back to the NovaCare complex. Oh, I'm still at the airport. <laughs> getting all the stuff off. My guys are at Novacare waiting for the bags to come from, from the airport, and then we'll just offload. And if we get in at 4 or 5 o'clock in the morning, we'll probably we talk as a group to stay, get everything washed from the from game day, you know, because the laundry loops. We have dry cleaning, and dry cleaner will come up, pick up the uniforms and coaches' gear and get all that dry cleaned. Harder to get um, paint from an artificial surface off jersey or grass stains? Grass stains are the, are the killer. Are they? Yeah, we go through tons of white pants. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. Huh. Um, do you have any input on, on uniforms, uniform color combinations? Mr. Lurie uh, has the final say on uniform color, uh, color combinations. We talk about it and give him all the temperatures that are supposed to be forecasted for the last 10 years, and he'll make a decision on what he wants us to wear. Greg, where is this game going before we get into shoes? Where is this game going in terms of uniforms and helmets and all that stuff? Where, well, in five, ten years, what, where will, will it be even more linear? Will it be less pads, more pads? Like, Where do you see players and what they're wearing on game days going? I think it's going to be better technology. There's going to be newer technology for uniforms where it's going to feel like it's like a T-shirt. Okay. You know, because the guys want lighter and breathable stuff. But is, is it safer? Is that stuff safer? Yeah, it's just like it's like paper. Yeah, you know they're using recyclable items. Okay. To make uniforms. And and are you when players in freezing cold weather, and they're putting that's Vaseline. That's not you guys. That's more the medical staff yeah, putting they, Vaseline on guys. Yeah, we don't put that stuff. Okay, or whatever it is they put on them to keep them warm. even. It, but I'll tell you what, our our guys don't wear all that hyper warm stuff. 
when it's cold, they're playing with stuff they're wearing from preseason. It's because they want to stay. They want to be lighter. Lighter, and they get their bodies heat up too. We have the heated benches. Yeah, everybody's different. Guys that are from Miami, down south, you know they they get cold, so we keep those guys warm. They'll wear hyper warm stuff. We haven't talked about the bench area. You're also responsible for everything in the bench area. Sure, coach. The, the technology, the helmets, the, with the microphone. With yeah, the, uh, coach supplier, coach supplier. Okay, coach supplier, coach to coach. I'm in charge, you know, but I have a staff that that handles that. that okay. That's a really, deal. really, really. Uh, it's a very, it's a varied job with many responsibilities. Let's not forget the shoes. All right, give me the sco- give me the scope. Four different um, levels of spikes, right? Like four different, like tall grass, short grass, artificial surface. Sure, you have you have detachable screws. You can go half inch, five eighths, three quarter, one inch. You'll never go one inch. Uh, when, if the field's not that good, we'll go five eighths to prevent guys from slipping. When we played Detroit in that snow game, yep. we cleated everybody up to five eighths so they wouldn't lose their their balance. Don't like to go too too long because you don't want somebody who doesn't know how to cut that well in those conditions to get stuck and you can possibly have a possible blow, blow injury. Yep, yep. So and then the moldeds are pretty much half inch, five eighths that are mo- it's a molded bottom. Does every position have a specific type of shoe? Yeah, they're uh, they're they're specific ones for positions. It goes by weights and what kind of plates there are. So Nike, Under Armour, Adidas have basically same kind of concepts. Of this, this ain't an easy job, man. Are the co- is the is the coach the one who's kind of on your rear end the most in a, in the course of a of a game a season? Like they they whether it's Andy Reid, whether it's Chip Kelly, whether it's Doug Peterson, all different coaches. Are they all different when it comes to what they demand from you and, and what they want in their equipment? No, I'm just the way I was brought up. I communicate with Doug. Hey, this week it's going to rain. You know, good chance the field's not in great shape if we're going to Washington. Like, and then he'll communicate it to the players in the team meeting throughout the week and go out there pregame. We'll tell the guys go out, test it out because you may not want the long, the long mm-hmm. studs because offensive linemen. They don't have to cut like the skill guys do. Okay, okay. They may want to stay in half inches. I like this stuff. Greg, for a kid who wants to, who's listening, they, they want to get to the NFL, they want to be in the equipment world, wh- what is the path? Like, how do you, su- I mean, I'm sure that people hit you up all the time with some advice. What, what do you tell people? I just tell people, you know, if you're in high school, be a high school, you're a high school football manager in college, go work in the equipment room. Mm-hmm. You know, if you have an opportunity, you want to become, go to grad school, try to, and you want to, to take this as a career, take this on, try to become a graduate assistant because it gives you real life skills. Like when I was at West Virginia, my boss, he allowed me to do ordering and help with the fittings. Like it was just every day, you know, and it's repetition. You know, if you have an opportunity to be in the NFL, I'd never had that opportunity being a ball boy. That's, that's, you see a lot of things becoming a ball boy. Yeah. It's honestly, you know, it sounds like a, when, when do you get downtime? Like what, during a season, are there honestly? Are and we all know what it's like during the season. Are there any days off? During the season, there's no days off. Literally, no days off. Well, I'll take that back. We'll try to by week to have like four days off. Okay. Like everybody get away, rejuvenate because you still got another eight to ten ten more weeks plus postseason. So because you, you don't want to burn out, you know. I see my guys more than I see my family. Yeah. 
You know, I mean, and that's right, the truth. Yeah, and right now, this is going to be a perfect time. We'll take a few weeks off. Just get away. Don't worry about work. When you're back, week before training camp, we're ready to rock and roll. Yeah. Do you, do you, do you find people, uh, as we wrap this up here, who go, oh, man, you're in the NFL. That must be so glamorous. That must be so cool. The glamour goes away really fast. If you aren't on top of it 24-7, you're not going to be in the NFL very long. Not for long. The not Just, for long league. It's not for long league. So once you start getting comfortable... Watch out! Yeah, and and physically, it's you're cool with you're fine. It's, it's a oh grind, yeah, yeah, it's a grind. It's a grind when you're landing at four o'clock in the morning from the West Coast or coming back from Dallas and offloading a plane and then just working through and then not getting out of here till four or five o'clock. You know, yeah. it's just it's a grind. Do the players thank you? Do they hey, show their appreciation yeah, for what we, you do? We got a great locker room. These guys are very appreciative yeah. of what we do for them. They know. Yeah, so. but without you, they they honestly no. It's a it's a team level. effort. It's yeah. a team effort. It's just not me. It's my guys and the support staff. Yeah, I th- that's what I listen. I think that's what we're we're in a kind of a down period right now. We're all having a good time. I really appreciate you coming in during your time off to to do this. But we understand that when training camp begins, everybody's in it together, and even training camp for you. You see, you know, the fans here at Novacare, they're all having a good time, and you guys are running like crazy. I know, but I'm thankful we don't go to Lehigh. <laughs> That's true. Although there were some good times up there. Oh, yeah, well. We had a good time, a little melt action up there in the <laughs> Lehigh Valley. Enjoyed it. Uh, I, I looked on this thing, so it, tell me if this is right. Prep, 53 player bags. Close to being right? Home games, more. 40 coach and staff bags. Well, we pack everything in hampers. So okay. Uh, See, we have everything separate. We separate for game day. The only thing that comes from Novacare is the player bags and ball bags that we'll need. Okay. For pregame, but pretty much we got everything else separate what? at the stadium. That everybody's got their own game day loop, shower shoes, you name it. We got it for them. Yeah, Hats. I about, yeah, I didn't think about that. So I, we we just do yeah. two separate entities. It just makes it easier because then for. When you're going to pack for the road, Tuesday, boom, I'm packing all the laundry loops and a hamper with Ed. Ed's prepping all the jerseys out of there. So, like, it just makes it so much easier. So, by Thursday, we're ready to rock and roll and get the truck loaded up, and it's on the road. And then you bring, of course, any provisions you need for inclement weather. You Correct. prepare for everything. Everything, yeah. And the only time that the game will be postponed, delayed, et cetera, is lightning. Sure. Like okay. we had against the home opener. That's right. That's right. After the Super Bowl. That's right. Fascinating stuff. Greg Delamitros, the best in the business in the NFL. We thank you for joining us here on the Eagles Live podcast. And please enjoy these remaining weeks of your family downtime. And we thank you so much for joining us here. Thanks. You too, Dave. Enjoy your summer. Thank you. We are going to say goodbye now. Peter Kelly, we thank you so much for putting this all together. Everyone, thank you so much for joining us here on the Eagles Live podcast. We are back next week with more as we get a little bit closer to training camp 2019 at the NovaCare Complex. Thanks to everyone for tuning in. Have yourselves a great Eagles day. And fly, Eagles, fly!